When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. And as the tune Oops Upside Your Head flashes through our minds, replaced with the lyrics, we are top of the league, said we are top of the league. We rejoice in last night's excellent result uh, against um, Leicester. Uh, two games in a row, four goals in each game, top of the league. We we couldn't be happier. And it was a wonderful first day uh, back at the Thunderdome uh, with a full crowd. And uh, it was all very wonderful. Um, here to talk about it uh, with me today are, uh, as always, Jim Grant. Good evening. And possibly the greatest blogger in the West Ham milieu there has ever been. It is, of course, author of the great blog, The H List. It's James Cairns. Hello, James. Hello, Phil. Thank you very much for having me. Everything all right. Um, by way of, uh, by way of uh, pulling our thoughts together uh, in order to discuss the game last night, uh, we could do that as I, uh, as I read this. <clears throat> Um, football is back, the summer is behind us, and uh, Beer 52 are generously offering free beer to you whilst watching your team from the comfort of your home, uh, not at the ground. Uh, they are offering eight craft beers sourced and curated from the best breweries on the planet for free. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com, beer52.com, uh, the uh, numbers five and two, beer52.com forward slash West Ham and just cover the five. 95 for the postage it's the most popular craft beer discovery club uh in the country with over 150,000 members that they send a brand new case to every month and every case has a different theme themes have included beer from new zealand south africa korea all over the usa and europe uh as an independent british company beer 52 are passionate about the uk craft beer scene which they continue to support as do i during this difficult period so if dark beer is not your thing you can simply choose the light option and your case will come with an award-winning beer magazine ferment and a tasty snack don't worry though if you do change your mind you can pause or cancel your account at any time just go to beer52.com forward slash West Ham to get your first case of eight beers for £5.95. That's beer52.com forward slash West Ham. So, yes, we were all at the game last night. Uh, we had a, uh, a nice meetup with some of our friends to uh, raise a glass to our friend Colin Milne, who uh, yes. has appeared on this podcast and uh, is an old friend that we've made, uh, Jim and myself, sort of through doing this podcast and was a really brilliant, blo- lovely guy. And uh, we went home and away with him, uh, uh, yep. among others, obviously. And uh, I certainly went to see... Uh, myself, him and Gary Killington went to see David Martin's finest hour in our 1-0 victory over Chelsea. Oh, I, w- I went to that. I was at that with him. as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we met up with you. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's right. right. We all met in that part. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I went to a Crystal Palace one with him as well. Did you go to yeah, that Yeah, I, I yeah. went with just 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 with Colin uh, um, to Cardiff. It's not a contest, you know, Jim. It's, it's, Jim, it's not a contest. Are. It's not no, a contest. I'm just just saying, well, just saying, it know. sounds like you're making it into a contest, Jim, and I think that's a, a, a terrible thing to do at this sad time. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, no, no, you went to Cardiff with him. And, yeah, and I applaud that. I applaud that. Yeah. I went to Ibiza with him. So, um, yes, yeah, so it was a wonderful, uh, uh, it was wonderful to see everyone again. And uh, it was uh, a great game. What did we make of it? Well, sheer joy and delight. Um, in a way, uh, uh, red cards kind of do spoil games to a certain extent, don't they? But I thought we were we were bossing it um, very cannily before the uh, before the red card. I think we'd have won it anyway. Um, it was a bad challenge, and uh, yeah, I was a bit. I thought Rogers was a bit mealy mouthed in his. Uh, his comments about it um, that I saw afterwards. But I, I thought, the, you know, champagne football again, the, the first goal was a thing of absolute beauty. We keep scoring these transition turnaround goals where we yeah. shift the ball quickly and there's someone uh, on the spot to tuck it away. Yeah. And some of the finishing seems to kind of, they seem to have been working on it because, yeah. uh, you know, and, and Antonio's, both Antonio's finishes were proper strikers, yeah, finishes yeah, yeah. the first time. You know, I thought it was great. The fourth goal, I thought it was great at the time. But you, what the the little flick over the two defenders' heads, and then the just getting his studs to it to poke yeah. it past the keeper, just sheer quality. Great, yeah, wonderful. Yeah, it was amazing, wasn't it, James? What did you reckon? Yeah, I mean, I think I agree with everything Jim said. Um, I, I, I mean, there was, you know what? It was actually the first time I've been to see them live I know there's been a couple haven't there of you know like the Atalanta game but I was yeah. away and there were a couple at the end of last season but I haven't seen this play live and in the flesh for, for a very long time and I think there was it was a, it was a kind of celebratory atmosphere before the game actually which which I think was probably a, a combination of people just being delighted at being back yeah. and being there with their friends and family and probably people we haven't seen for a long time but actually also for the first time that I can remember in ages going into the game and into the stadium and thinking this is a team I'm really excited to see yeah, and I think yeah. to, to be perfectly honest, since we moved to the London Stadium, barring a, a couple of early games under Pellegrini, maybe I can't really remember thinking to myself, "God, I'm looking forward to seeing them play tonight. They're really good." Uh, the front four were fantastic. They switched over Ben Rama and Fournells from the yes. weekend. Fournells mm. played through the middle this time, which I think is is more just you know I, I throw that in really as a commentary on how what an astute coach I think Moyes is. I think he's. He's got the team so well drilled that they can, you know, switch positions and move around. The front four were excellent. Antonio's goals were brilliant. And, you know, Rice and Suchek in the middle were just rock solid. And just all everywhere you look, there was somebody doing what they're supposed to do and playing really well. And I agree with you, Jim. I think we would have won comfortably even without the red card. Yeah, it feels like... Um... I mean, it feels like we have seen them and sort of lived with them because all of the games were sort of on the telly uh, last year in lockdown. But, uh, um, you know, all of each player got a kind of, you know, quite a good cheer at the beginning of the game. Quite often, you know, one or two that the fans like will get a cheer and the others will get more or less silence. But sort of every player got a little cheer at the beginning because I think it was, like you say, James, it was a chance to actually see these guys in the flesh that did such such, such a great job last season. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was terrific, terrific atmosphere. Uh, I, I remember you saying, Phil. I mean, and I, you know, several times that you know, in the early early days of, of the move to uh, to the Thunderdome, um, that a team that that playing in that has got to play front foot, you know, pacey, you yeah. know, intense football. Yeah. And I think, um, and and then it then the atmosphere will come. Yeah, it will lift people. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's exactly what we, we we got a glimpse of 
um, last night, you know, was was uh, a ground that was absolutely rocking. I, mean, I thought the atmosphere was terrific. It was good, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, you know, it's it's a, it's that two way it's that two way process. You know, it's easy to support this team. It's easy to get excited about them because it's it's turning into a a really well oiled machine, isn't it? I mean, it's squeeze. We're so impressive without the ball. That, I mean, they had a lot of possession before the sending off, but did absolutely bugger all with it they just passed the ball sideways it, we just squeeze the life out of them and then you force the mistakes uh, the pressing it's not just intense and good it's also you know energized it's also judicious you know it's it's it they know they seem to know when to just to sit back a little bit and and, and deny space and they seem to know when to to, to hunt in packs and put pressure in a corner um it's yeah, I think I agree with you, James. It's just evidence on the pitch of a, a really good coaching team, and I think it's something that for almost all my life, um, just not seen as a West Ham fan. You're so used to seeing other teams do it to us. Um, no, that's right. We yeah. are just, you know, we are bullying teams. You know. I think so. Yeah, yeah, Moyes just shows you everything, doesn't he? It's like, you know, that he shows you that there are things that they work on. Uh, their, their, their sort of shortcomings are improved. You know, last week we went to Newcastle and you could see a little bit of rust on the team, you know, mm. uh, Ogbonna, the defence looks a little bit rusty and uncharacteristically Soufal looked a bit rusty that's all gone yesterday. Soufal was just back to the same Soufal he had been. And you kind of go, yeah, he sort of played in a major tournament in the, the tournament, <laughs> knackered himself, then had a rest in which he sort of forgot how to play football. So when he came back, he was a little bit rusty against Newcastle. Not that he had a disastrous game, just a, a game that was like less than his optimal sort of form for reasons that you could see. And then the improvement came next week. Oh. And he was just completely back to normal. And you go, yeah, yeah. they go into training, they work on stuff and they get better. On their left-hand side, first off, they had Harvey Barnes uh, and the, a young, a young, the young fullback, because um, what's his name's out, and um, Thomas. And Bowen and Sufal absolutely just had them on tap. They tormented them, I thought. Absolutely mm-hmm. bossed it down that side in particular. Um, uh, and and yeah, Antonio, you know, a few wrong options in the first half, but my God, he, he really, really tormented those uh, yeah. Do, do you think this week's going to be? I, I think this week is arguably the most important week in the club's history for quite a while because, you know, for everything that we've just said, and I think all of us could probably sit here and infuse about last night and just talk, you know, because it was fantastic and the atmosphere was brilliant and everything else. But the flip side, you know, and you, you had me on, so I am always going to be the angel of doom here about something. Like <laughs> and, and an injury here or there, and yes, we just yeah. don't have the cover, right? There is no depth. And yeah. You know, the rumour is today that there is a bit of money available for Moyes, which is always a bit, you know, what does that mean? Because <clears throat> is it wages? Is it loans? Yeah. Is it whatever? But, you know, it seems to me that, you know, if they don't get a striker in, we all know Antonio is not going to be available all the time. So that that's, feels very, um, that's a big pressure point. And I also think central midfield as well. I think anything happens to Rice or yep. Suchet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> as much as I really like Lanzini and we know that Noble is very experienced and able to do it, you know, the Europe... Thursday night, Sunday night thing is has taken a toll on other very good teams. Yeah, so yeah. just feel like this week's really important, and I'll be it'll be interesting to see which way that goes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, there was a there was a lot of um, 
you know, although we're watching these games on Zoom, uh, you know, a lot of sort of complaining and in social media about sort of uh, Moyes' um, reluctance to make substitutions. But you're essentially, you know, my argument was, well, it's because any substitution will make the team a little weaker. You yeah. know, there's though the 11 guys we have, are really very clearly the 11 best guys, you know? And uh, just one in every department to give us a bit of, a, you know, leeway. Um, I mean, we're actually sort of quite good for attacking players, but if Jesse Lingard were to come, um, that would mean that every game you could rest one of Ben Rama or uh, Jared Bowen uh, and they, they could come off the bench or be fresher for the next game, you know. And yeah. similarly, in every single department, I think we sort of need that, don't we? I mean, Antonio yeah. just isn't going to play every minute of every game this no. season. It's just, no. you know, nailed on, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I, well, a couple of things, really. James, I, I, I totally agree with you. And I think we've been we've been saying that exactly that for for a while now. And fans yeah. can clearly see it. So it can't be the case that, that the management team don't don't see that. Um, but I think um, we're not in one window going to going to fill all those you know cover those places we do need. We need to cover left back. We need to cover central defence. Possibly times two. We need to cover uh, central midfield defensively we need striker and we probably need to another attacking midfielder you know as part of the rotation that's that's not going to happen so um you know i they're, they're clearly uh, it looks like zuma is is coming and that's that's been prior, he's prioritized center half and we do need some pace in there at center yeah. half yeah. um there's talk now of of obviously blingard's have been on the you know floating here but there's talk of vlasic coming yeah um, from Moscow, um, uh, and that would be a good. Either of those <laughs> would be good in attacking people, but I suspect the striker might not come, except if, unless it's someone on loan. And that the plan is for Bowen to switch to to central and and just rotate those kind of attacking midfields around them. However, the one thing you can say so often: how often have we complained about managers not knowing what their best eleven is? Uh, yeah, yeah. Door as heck knows what his best eleven is. Well, and I think there's a point there, isn't there? Because I think Moyes obviously values consistency of selection and being able to choose the same players and being able, and and it is pretty. To be fair to him, we suffered injuries at the end of last year, and we dropped off defensively quite a bit. But the players he brought in knew what they were doing. You know, Ben Johnson came in and he knew what he was doing, yeah. and and he obviously coaches the squad, and he coaches them to play in a certain way. There's a structure and there's a pattern to our play. And if you remember when we went to Burnley last year, Lanzini came in and just strolled around like he was in his slippers in the centre yeah. of the field, played unbelievably well. You know, so th- he's obviously got a belief, I think, in this group of players. It's just, it feels, I, I think all of us would say, very difficult to, to ride any injuries with, and, and keep playing in the Europa uh, League. Yeah, definitely. With, yeah. with a squad definitely. this team. But yeah. hey, you know, in boys we trust, right? Yeah. Uh, and let's carry on in that vein after this message. Welcome back. Yeah, I mean, I sort of wonder. Um, yeah, I, I think that's right, James. I watched a, I watched one of the preseason friendlies, or about half of it, that was quite heavy on sort of youth and stuff like that. And although they were playing quite sort of weak opposition, um, they were playing like the like the first team plays. They were knocking it about. The passing was really good, and it felt like there was a sort of 
you know, the, everyone's got a blueprint that you can kind of slot people into, which sort of does give me a little bit of hope that might, we might see a bit of uh, Odebiku and Okoflex uh, this season, that they might, because they have been going well for the under-23s, and I know that doesn't necessarily mean anything, and obviously I would really like us to get a kind of professional footballer with some experience <laughs> to be a striker, you know, as backup to Antonio. But I mean, those those guys, you know, might might uh, might be able to step up during the course of the season. Um, um, yeah, I mean, it obviously makes sense, both you know, footballing and and certainly financial sense, isn't it, for a club to generate its own players and to and to and, and to bring them on and bring them into a team, having sort of you know integrated them in a way so they 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 understand how how the the style of play works um and it does you know it's another thing we you know it's another kind of plaudit for you know for for the current management setup because it does seem to be there are buying players looking to develop you know taking a risk on few set you know it's going to be a bit of a revolving door i i suspect but clearly you know you're you're, you're taking a gamble on that that some are going to come uh, good eventually and playing senior players in the other 23s, overage players, you know, so that they're starting yeah. to, to kind of work together. I, I understand quite a lot of the under 23s train with the with the senior squad. So there's a sort of sense in which, you know, and they come on, they're sitting on the bench. They're, they're a lot more of them will get the chance to sit on the bench with nine uh, uh, subs. Yeah. Yeah. So it all feels, all that feels as though it's sort of heading in, in the right direction, but you have to be patient with that, don't you? You have to kind of give, you know, you know players develop, at, at different rates um um you know you have to be you have to be careful about you know judicious about who you send on loan when you know interestingly alves has gone on loan hasn't yeah. he but they obviously rate him you know he was given game time in those preseason uh games so you know i think that it feels that that side of the club is being now nurtured and looked after in a way that it has been neglected from sort of allardyce or, or even maybe earlier onwards yeah. I think that's definitely right because they're, they're at, I mean, one of the developments in the in the academy is even if your your kids don't come through and play for you, you'd hope they'd be good enough to go and play elsewhere. And there yeah, was a yeah. period when kids leaving our academy weren't even going and playing for league clubs. You know, they were yeah. dropping out altogether and going and playing for non-league. Yeah. And we've had a period now where there's been a group of of kids who look like they might be pretty good, who just haven't made it. And there's a lot of them at places like Luton and Stephen and different places now. But that's okay. I mean, you know, produce, you know, you get money for those players. You might get yeah. two hundred thousand pounds for a player that you 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 know sell on to one of those teams. And that's pretty small beer in the grand scheme of things. But if your academy costs you a million pounds a year to run, well, three of those is getting you a decent sort of chunk of the way there. So, you know, I, I sort of have seen, <clears throat> see that as a positive thing. I think our, our scouting system was decimated a few years ago when we went down. And I think it's taken them a long time to rebuild that now. Rice is obviously the crown jewel, but you'd like to see a couple more come through and maybe Coventry is the first. Johnson, obviously, is, Johnson, um, yeah. is a good example of a player who gets quite a lot of minutes without being a first-team regular. But that's actually very valuable. And yeah, you get yeah. a few more of those sorts of players and you start to feel a bit better about the squad. Yeah. You, you sense with Johnson that, that they're, yeah. all, they're almost kind of searching for... At the moment, he's the utility sub in a way, isn't he? And you yeah. sense that somewhere down the line, he's going to settle into a position and possibly then will become first choice in that in that position, whether it's right side of the back three when we play it, or or right yeah. right full back, or or even he's been played uh, in midfield, isn't he? Um, yeah. uh, a few games, so yeah, it looks good in that respect. I think. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, it was interesting that we had that sort of red card in the Leicester game going back to that because obviously we had the sort of penalty in the previous one. I mean, neither of those, I sort of felt like, you know, uh, it's one of those things that, that, although it was, you know, sort of unintentional, it was a, it was a stamp on his Fornell's ankle. It's sort of, it's, it was difficult to kind of, you know, uh, plead desperate misfortune uh, sort of having that you know sending off awarded against you um, yeah. you know we wouldn't have liked it if it happened to, to us I mean but but I don't know it's um I yeah I think I I don't know about the unintentional thing I, I think that's hard to judge he was definitely off balance yeah but he does look he knows it's not that he doesn't know but when um Balbuena was sent off and got and we had their red cards yeah. last season. He had just kicked the ball and his follow through. Uh, you know, a player ran into his follow through. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he didn't. He, you know, he didn't know he was there. And he yes, was like quite possibly the, the stupidest sending off I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, when it was rightly rescinded. Um, yeah. But with this one, he definitely knows Fornals is there. He has a little glance at him, and he definitely moves away. Now you could say he's going to try and get you know, uh, one side of the ball and protect the ball. But he definitely stamps down, you know, and, and yeah. moves his foot away from the ball uh, onto, onto four hours out. I think it was a shocking challenge. We're lucky he didn't break his leg. Very lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And similarly with that penalty against Newcastle, I mean, I did think that that um, uh, if it had happened in the middle of the park, I think there would have been a free kick because it was it was that sort of classic thing of the of he... He made contact with the ball, but it bounced away from him. So he lunged for the ball and, you know, Fornells went over his leg. And that sort of, you really recognise the shape of when the ball, you know, like Gaza in the 1991 Cup final, when the ball gets away from a player and he lunges to get it back. That's sort of like, that's a heart in the mouth moment and could go either way. And you you get the ball, you know. <laughs> Mark Noble was, you know, when we're in that very bad sort of 2010-11 season was sort of a defensive midfielder and, and, you know, didn't move quite quickly enough sometimes. And there was a desperate lunge that often resulted in giving away a free kick. And you recognise that body shape, the sort of lunge that happens when, a, when the ball gets away from a player. And that's exactly what that was. It just happened yeah. to be inside the penalty area. I think it will yeah. change football, actually, this stuff now. I, I, you know, you can't, with VAR... You can't make the sort of challenge that Perez made last night. But like, I don't know about you. I didn't particularly notice it at the time, really. No, I, I, you know, no, no, I'm, I mean, I'm, it was no. at the other end from us anyway. So yeah, no. I mean, yeah. I'm in the upper tier, so um, yeah. you know, I'm I'm sort of a good three and a half miles away to be honest from most of the action. But I, you know, I didn't see it. I had no real inclination of what had happened. Um, no. But when you watch it back on on TV, yeah, it's an obvious red card and, and always going to be given. And I think in the end, it will change the way that the game is played. Just like, to be honest, if the offside rule, had, if they'd not made changes to the offside rule, it would have changed the way the game had been would have been coached because you, yeah. I mean, like you literally players were getting goals disallowed last year. If you remember having their arms out and, they, you know, yeah. pointing yeah. for the ball, Bamford got a goal disallowed being offside. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Eventually, clubs just adapt and they coach their players in a different way. Players are, are going to be coached to, to, to challenge and tackle differently. Uh, it will just take yeah. a little while, but eventually... And, and I don't, don't, to be honest, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, who wants those sorts of challenges that we saw last night? No, time? absolutely. And, 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 but at the same time, they do seem to be sort of picking up on um, what happened a lot in the, in the European Championships, which is, you know, just referees waving to players just, just get up if they happen to have fallen over because they've bumped into another player. Yeah. That, that, and I, I think that suits us. I think that plays into West Ham's hand. We, we're quite a physically robust 
team now um yeah. and um we get close to players and we and and you know there is a lot of physical contact and i think you know that that thing of just kind of um oh as soon as i feel contact i'm going to fall over um thankfully that's being waved out. and in fact ben rama tried it um looking for a yes. penalty didn't he and, yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. rightly the referee just said no get up that's ridiculous. and he wagged his finger at him you know i, I mean he was lucky not to be booked actually i thought for yeah, that. yeah 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 because it's yeah, a I definite agree. dive um Ben Rama's now scored two in two. Uh, I think he's really sort of starting to kind of, you know, get into gear. Now, I've, I've, I'm, you know, I've liked him since he arrived. I don't think the great thing about him is that he's never, he never hides from the first minute he played for us. He doesn't hide. He's always looking for the ball. And, um, uh, yeah, he's just looking, you know, he's looking sort of hungrier. And, um, yeah, I'm really sort of pleased. I think he's great. It's the connection with the others as well, isn't it? It's, yeah. the, it's the sense in which, as a unit, they're working so well together. The, the, you know, the, all the front four, um, they, they, they were terrific at Newcastle and they were, they were terrific again last night. They're, they're an absolute nightmare to play against, I should think. Yeah. Because the movement is so good. And the passing so good, you know. And the, you know the distribution of the those you know eight goals we've scored among the players is great. It's like four hours has got a couple. Ben Rama, Antonio, the ones you want to are getting the goals. Yeah. Suchek, you know, uh, yeah. it's um, it's um, the, the players we want to score goals are scoring goals, and that's uh, terrific. Yeah, yeah. four hours is going to start getting noticed soon. I think. I think mm-hmm. pundits are going to pick up on it. He was imperiously good in the first half last night. Four mm-hmm. He was I running that game. And I, I think I somewhere down the line, some, you know, <laughs> one of those but match of the day, BBC, uh, you know, post-match thing, he's going to focus on him. And he, and he is going to, people are going to start recognising uh, what a gem we have in Thornhouse. Mm. I think I, I have to hold my hands up, Finn, and say I, I wasn't really a Ben Rama convert. Most. I think maybe the last time I came on, I think I said, you know, not, not completely convinced. Um, but I... I and it's interesting, right? Because I thought last week at Newcastle, I thought he played like a drain in the first half, to be honest with you. I thought he, he was pretty poor. But in the second half, we were absolutely excellent, you know. But um, but there was a massive, you know, people thought he played brilliantly. But maybe this is a reflection on the fact that when you see a player in the flesh, maybe it's a bit different. But I just thought he was excellent last night from beginning yeah, to end. Really good. Yeah. Everything you said, um, Jim, about the kind of interaction with the others, really, really good. The one thing I will say, I think... I do think Moyes has got hold of him and done a job on him. I think Moyes has changed him as a player, right? And I think he was even talking about this like after the game last night, saying he didn't necessarily think he was ready for the Premier League when he arrived. He was a bit slight and he was looking for fouls and he was, you know, maybe trying stuff, maybe trying too hard, but, you know, shots from ridiculous places and all that sort of stuff. And you just watch his decision-making last night. Like that that ball, that first-time ball for um, for Fournals' goal, absolutely fantastic. Like that, that is brilliant piece of play last night as much as I thought that was sort of created by four nails but Ben Rama's vision to, to make that cross was yeah. brilliant there's clearly a player there um, yeah, yeah. and I you know credit to Moyes I think I, I do think he's, he's worked with him and the players res- responded and yeah it looks excellent and a bit of Johnny on the spotness for the goal last night, but also the header at Newcastle. You know, there's yeah. a there's a cross comes in and someone puts their head to it. It's Ben Rama. <laughs> it's the last thing you're expecting to happen. You 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 know you're you're imagining a um, Suchek popping up and nodding it in, but not Ben Rama. But you know, it's like um, they move as a unit. You know, they're an t- attacking unit. They sort of suddenly spring to life and. Uh, Attack as a unit, yeah. 
Um, Jim, I think you you know you said when we were driving up to Newcastle, you sort of thought definitely will we'll, some of these pieces of business will happen uh, probably right up until the last sort of moment in transfer window. You thought we'd probably do three of them: central defender, so. there was the Fiorentina guy, or Zuma. You thought that would probably happen. Looks like it probably yeah. will. Um, and you know, there's the the feeling that Lingard <laughs> will come. You know that that feeling doesn't seem to be going away. There's still a strong sort of feeling that that that, that may well happen because you know, um, especially since United are now sort of motoring, um, and uh, and a striker of some kind. And yeah. uh, I'd sort of think, like you say, it, it's unlikely that every single piece of business we want to do will happen. Um, there might uh, be a loan or two as well. I mean, that, yeah. that, that, there's you know, we've got a track record of getting those kind of loans in as well. Um, yeah, it's looking like Lingard. I mean, if Lingard doesn't come back, it it will be a piece of footballing nonsensicality that stops it, won't it? I mean, it makes such football sense for him to come back to a place where he's settled in, knows the style of play, did fantastically well first time. Um, you know, trusts the manager. Uh, will get, you know, will be first name on the team sheet. You know, there's so many reasons, good footballing reasons for him to come. To, to, to West Ham at the moment. Yeah. Um, and so many good footballing reasons for him not to just kind of fester on the bench at, at Manchester United because he's just not going to get much game time there at all, is he? I mean, it can, it's clear. They've just no, bought no. Sancho, you know. I think they're yeah. waiting for the price. I mean, I, I think part of what, what they're doing is waiting for the end of the, the transfer window to see, you know, clubs aren't liquid, right? They haven't got much money. They're waiting for, for transfer prices to come down. The rumour is that Lingard is already down from 30 million to 20 million because United, you know, want to want to get him off the books. Mm. Uh, he played like two minutes or something on Sunday, didn't he? I mean, he's not, yeah. he's not going to play for them. Um, so I kind of, I'm, I'm fairly relaxed about it. In, in But I do, <laughs> I do think they need to get a couple in. And I'm a bit like you, Jim. I'm surprised they haven't kind of gone down the loan route because Sullivan loves a loan if he can get one. Ariola is a loan, isn't he? The goalkeeper. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they can get at least one more. So I'm I'm surprised they haven't got a loan in from somewhere. But I think they'll do something. I, I it would it would be borderline insane to not do anything, right? I mean even by our standards it would be odd. Well I, yeah. I think they'll be just just that really positive atmosphere that they get that'll that'll turn. I mean the worm will turn because you know all the old stuff about them as owners will will resurface plus people like us who can see like I think you know you were saying most important week in some ways in recent history I think that's you know I think that's right we're on the cusp this is a moment where we could avoid the mistakes of the past and not do you know a post uh post Rio post Lampard exit or yeah. not do a post 85 86 Cotty McAvenny exit you know we we, we could uh you know we, we've got a team that on its day is good enough to to, to compete with the best it's quite interesting up at Newcastle. It's it's quite interesting up at Newcastle, Jim, wasn't it? That in a, in a sense, how well we were playing was making the supporters sing an anti-Golden Sullivan song because there's no one on the bench, there's no one to come yeah. on. Those eleven yeah. players stay on the pitch till like the last few minutes of the game, yeah. like last night when substitutions are sort of made almost tactically to sort of eat time up rather than to freshen legs. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and it almost, yes, it was almost the fact that we're playing really well that sort of made them sing that song, you know, and I think um, Jim's right. I think, you know, there is a potential for that to turn. Um, whilst thinking about uh, um, 
Lindgard, you know, possibly one of our most successful loans, uh, fantastically sort of um, not transformative, but just in terms of consolidating our, you know, top six position and getting a six. Um, uh, I was thinking about loan players that we really liked and would have liked to have hung on to. And I've got an 11. I've got an 11. Uh, we could um, we could uh, we could move forward like this goalkeeper. Goalkeeper? Any thoughts on a goalkeeper? I'd have Bernard Lama. Me too. He's That's my one. That's my one. That's a, what I liked about him was that um, he would, uh, when the ball came back to him, he would try some stepovers, flicks, try to nutmeg the uh, the ongoing player, um, dive and see if he could get a penalty in his own penalty area. He, he <laughs> thought he was an outfield player, basically. Didn't he was he? one of the coolest players ever to play for West Ham. In he a, was a, brilliant. Think. Yeah, yeah. I loved him. He yeah. was good as well. I mean, we got him at a time he was good. He was just basically stopping being the French international goalkeeper, giving it up to the Man U guy. Um, That's right. Fabian Barthez. Yeah. Uh, it would, they were in transition at that particular time. So Lama wasn't over the hill by any means. What, what I remember, him, he wasn't a big goalkeeper, was he? No. He was one of those sort of smaller shot stopper type goalkeepers. Yeah. But what I do remember is he was magnificent under a high ball. He would come Brilliant. and catch everything. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just extraordinary. Never punched it, and they just came and caught it. Never Brilliant. punched. Yeah, yeah. And like Robert Green in that respect. Robert Green was not a giant, but caught everything. Didn't you know? Very rarely punched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it. Yeah, Bernard Lama. Um, now fullbacks, fullbacks. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll struggle with a left back, won't you, Phil? Uh, no, I've got one, James. Have what you- do you think? Uh, well, uh, right back, the only one I could... Well, there was two I could find who I thought were not awful. I mean, yeah. by the way, Phil, like best best West Ham loan signings is like, what's your most favourite... your sort of favourite trip to the dentist? I mean, this is <laughs> this is very, you know, slim picking here. But anyway, I, I've got Jenkinson and Scaloni as being the only yeah, two they're, right they're backs. Yeah, they right backs as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I've maybe stick Scaloni. one of them on the left. Okay, Scaloni. I've got I've got Scaloni, yeah, yeah, Scaloni, because yeah. I like I mean I, I like Jenkinson and, and Scaloni, but um, uh, we didn't see it felt like we didn't see much of Scaloni, and I thought he was really good. He, you know? He's he's been tarnished by by you know his the cup, cup final. In the cup yeah, yeah. Final. I it. People, it's too and soon. And a lot of people extrapolate <laughs> from that that he was there for shit, but actually yeah. he was a terrific fullback. He was, he was like Argentine Argentines. Uh, international fullback at the time. Well, no, my left back is Wayne Bridge. Oh, really? I, ooh, I had him. Really? This is where we get a crossover with Jim's worst ever loan signing. Yeah, he was on, he was in, he was in the running for, for my worst ever loan Oh, signing. I thought he was good, Wayne Bridge. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought he looked all right. Yeah, um, he'll do though because there's no one else, is there, on that left back position? Not really, really. no, no. no well, the no. only other one is Wayne Quinn, who might actually have been worse. Than oh Wayne my Bridge, god, right? was so, he alone? Yeah. Was he alone? I think I think he was alone, wasn't he? Okay. I don't, okay, I don't know. Uh, well, actually, for my, I'm actually that, I for my, I will come to, come to it in a minute. I've chosen a different one for my loanies. We we were really fucking relieved didn't stay yeah. on team, which we'll go through in a minute. Um. Now, centre-backs, I could only think of one uh, that was a loner, and that is, uh, Jim, you remembered him last night yeah. as well. Hanu Tiernan, who was yes, really good. he was good. Amazing really good. performance in the uh, in that cup tie against Manchester United. Man U, yeah, yeah. We all remember the Bartes and the, the Canio goal, yeah. but 
he was immense at the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was a really, and he went on to have a really long and good career after he left yeah. us. He was clearly a good. He was a really good pro that we were too tight. We were too tight to pay whatever they wanted, like five million. Then he wanted like five million for him, and he replaced a defender we'd sold for eighteen million, and we wouldn't pay five million no. for a new one. We were too tight. Crazy, crazy. Uh, now I'm not sure there's another um, because I think even that the guy that we swapped for Ian Pierce, Andy Melville. I think he. I think we sort of owned him. I don't think he. Don't think he was alone. I think Kilgallen no. was alone, and I think um, Kilgallen was, did, and Danny Collins yeah. was another and one. Danny Collins was alone. Yeah. And they were both. Yeah, they were both okay. I would say, the to be honest, the only other centre-back who we ever got on loan who was halfway decent was Callum Davenport, but we then did end up signing him. We did sign him, though. Yeah, Yeah. And then his career was was slightly tragic, actually. So are you going to play a back three, then? So you're going to have to play a back three, basically. I've sort of, uh, I've smuggled in uh, Manuel da Costa, even though we owned him. (laughs) (laughs) Because I couldn't think of another. Well, actually, Callum Davenport. I would have Callum Davenport in that. In that. Okay. Cool. It felt yeah, like we okay. didn't see much of DaCosta. No. Because okay. obviously he went to prison. Uh, <laughs> he did. Uh, you're right. Okay. So, um, so midfield. So midfield. I'm uh, going for. Now, I liked this guy during that huge turnover of players between Roda and Pardew in the championship. I like that Swedish guy, Niklas Alexanderson. Oh my God. He's I, in the mid he's right, he's in the middle of my ones we're desperately pleased didn't stay on. Oh, yeah, I wrong, thought he was wrong good. Wrong team, Phil. Wrong team. No. Oh, no. I, I, Phil, I don't so know how you can... How can you overlook Alex Song? Alex Song, I think, in that first season under oh, yeah. Allardyce when he was on line, yeah, I've got was Song. probably the best yeah, well central done. midfielder I've seen at West Ham yeah. until Rice and Suchet pitched. Yes, yeah. no, he was it, good, yeah. In central midfield, I've got Song and Henri Lansbury. I've got João Mario next to um, uh, Oh, yeah, Song. good shout. Good shout. I've got um, I've got uh, Danny and Porfirio oh. in, midfield. <laughs> yeah. in midfield. Yeah, Ch- channeling your inner red nap. I like yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've got one of them. One of them would play on the wing, uh, and on the other wing, I would have Joby McEnough. Was he alone? Was he alone? Was he alone? Well, I think yeah, he was he alone. I thought we signed him. Do you, do you? Well, we got yeah, rid of them pretty quickly because we filtered through those guys very quickly. So I imagine they were sort of loans. Because there was like uh, Adam Newton, wasn't there? And yeah, there were Gavin a lot. It Williams. was a revolving door, wasn't it? Around that Gavin time. Williams. You know, there were guys that just played like two games and then they were gone, and we got someone else. You know, and I, he was one that I sort of thought, oh, I would have liked to have hung on to him because I thought he looked really good. But we sort of. Yeah, I don't know if he came. Did he come from Wimbledon with Rio Coca? And yeah, I, think I think they bought he, them all as a sort of a job lot. Yeah. I think they got three, didn't they? I think it's they Rio did. Coca, Mac yeah, and we, Nolan. Yeah, we paid uh, Nolan. $450,000 for him as a permanent signing. Oh, did we? Oh, right. Well, no, well, let let me give you an alternative, Phil. I, I, I had uh, Victor Moses in my team as a wide player because oh. he yes, had a pretty decent here. season for us. Yes, yes. No, that's yeah. good. That's much better. And maybe Porfirio on the other side because I do think I totally Porfirio. agree with Porfirio. Um, yeah. yeah. Who did you have up front? Uh, I had uh, Demba Bar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I forgot about him as well. Yeah, but I would love to have, uh, you know, we only didn't keep him because we went down. I mean, I think... That's correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, 
he was fantastic, I thought. Absolutely fantastic. And these, um, you know, these exploding knees didn't happen at all. He went on to play for <laughs> Newcastle and yeah. Chelsea with yeah. apparently his disastrous ticking time uh, bomb knees. Except that I've just checked it and we signed him. 720,000. It wasn't, it wasn't, um, it wasn't a I think he was a very weird signing that we, I think mm. we ended up. Yeah, we signed him on a permanent and then he yeah. had to, but he, I think he had a release clause if we went down. I think right, that's what yeah. it was. Oh God, mm. Well, I mean, we've got to have Lingard, right? It's the best, the best loan signing of all Definitely time. Definitely got Lingard. Yeah. I, 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 I also, I had a front three of Lingard, Victor Abina, who I loved. I know he, he, he didn't always hit the target, but I did love him. Uh, and David Di Michele, who I, oh, I always really rated. Uh, funnily enough, talking of sort of Di Michele, uh, I was thinking up front of Guillermo Franco. Oh, he was good. Yeah, yeah he, he was, was really good. good. Yeah, yeah. He, he was, was just in a shit team. He was in an absolutely yeah. demoralised team. But he he was actually, you know, for a lone player, he was like really delighted to play for West. I mean, we'd love him. We'd love his attitude now because he was like... Yeah trying to pull the whole team up by their bootstraps. And like, you know, if we scored a goal, he's the first to yeah. celebrate and run to yeah, the fans. He had a real spirit to him, you know. Yeah, I, uh, I really liked him. He was obviously sort of approaching the end of his career. I think he was like, you know, sort of 33 or 34 or something when we got him. Yeah. As was Di Michele, of course. <laughs> you know, they um, were both... Should I death. quickly wish you through my, yeah, my yeah. loanies? I really was fucking relieved didn't stay on. Um, in goal, I'm giving 45 minutes each to Joe Hart and Sasa Illich. Yes. Yeah. I'm playing Bridge out of position at right back, actually. Right. Because um, uh, my, my left back is Pablo Armero. Oh, yes. 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 He was terrible. And in yes. the centre of defence, I've got Ben Haim and Johnson. Yeah, both. Roger Johnson, <laughs> both highly deserving. Yeah, um, my wingers. Not... I've got a four-four-two. My wingers are David Bentley and Franz Carr. <laughs> yes, yes. Bentley. See, my theory is that these are players that when they when I heard they were coming on loan, all of these names, I was sort of quite not Johnson, obviously, and on there I'd never heard of, but I was thinking, oh yeah, these are good players. Yeah. I had watched, uh, I remember Alex Anderson bossing the midfield against us for Everton when we lost 4-0. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, oh, he's going to be really good. But he, I thought it was terrible. And oh, uh, was alongside Alex Anderson in midfield is, is uh, Jimenez. Do you remember? Yeah. Jimenez yeah, yeah. was terrible, wasn't he? And we scored all thought he was going to be the next culture Scored a penalty in, in the 5-3. Yes, that's yeah. right. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. Up front, you are so spoiled for choice. It's yeah. unbelievable. But in the end, you know, and I kept kind of, I, I kept replacing names as I suddenly, suddenly thought of them. So I've got up front a, a deadly strike duo of Mike Newell and Mido. Yes, that's, that's brilliant. <laughs> can yeah. I can I just throw a name in here, which I think possibly might have been our first ever loan signing, although maybe that was Frank Farnese. But can I just David Speedy? Do you remember David Speedy? Oh yeah, on loan? yeah. Now it's not even that he played that badly, but no. he was absolutely he was universally despised when he, he was. was at West Ham. He was. No matter, and he's, he's, he, I think he scored a goal he against scored, Cambridge on the last. Scored game quite a few. That's yeah, right. that, he scored yeah. a couple of crucial goals in that run in that season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I just yeah. I never remember a player being quite so hated because yeah. obviously I think in his home debut he missed a hat trick of sitters. Against Millwall, some, I think. Against Millwall, yeah. Mill, Mill, yeah. Yeah. But he scores yeah. in that last game, which was against that's Cambridge right. United, wasn't it? Against Cambridge, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 
we went on the pitch, but, didn't we? You could run on the pitch then. In yeah. those days, yes. Not during the game. Not obviously no. not well, during the game. Well, actually, people did spill yeah. on before yeah, the yeah. end of the game, as it yeah, were. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't put him in ahead of me, though. Though I agree with you on no, uh, no. on that front. But yeah, I'm all for terrible. I'm all for Mike Newell. I remember Mike Newell getting absolutely slated by the fans and turning, and you could read his lips. And what he was saying was, <laughs> "I'm trying." <laughs> and you thought. Stylizing memory of Mido was him sort of arrogantly grabbing the ball to of someone. I can't remember who to take a penalty. Yeah, which he then Everton, passed yeah. to the goalkeeper in the, in the most embarrassing fashion. Uh, um, yeah. We have to uh, move on in a minute and look forward to the uh, Palace game at the weekend. But um, yes. uh, now, um, Mikel Antonio's goal celebration recreated a scene from the film uh, Dirty Dancing. And um, I know that... Uh, They've added to the coaching staff, they've added Michael Flatley to the backroom staff, uh, (laughs) who's specifically going to choreograph uh, celebrations. And from the training ground, here's a description of a couple of the celebrations they've got uh, coming up in games if Antonio scores. In one of them, um, Mikel goes up to Pablo Fornals, pulls a legal document out of his sock and says, this, my sweet, is a letter from my solicitor telling you that your husband has filed a petition for divorce. It also tells you to get yourself a solicitor pretty quick. Happy Christmas, Ange. Then Vladimir Kufal, uh, <laughs> human beatboxes. <laughs> like that. Um, and then in another one, uh, Mikhail Antonio, uh, um, Saeed Benrahma, Aaron Cresswell and Arthur Masuaku stand in a line on the centre circle. Music begins and all four of them sing uh, and try to look as if you don't care less, but if you want to see some more, at which point Arthur Masuaku and Saeed Benrahma suddenly tear off Antonio and Aaron Cresswell's shorts as they carry on singing. Bending the rules of the game will let you find the one you're looking for and then you can show that you think you know you're making your mind up. <laughs> uh, that's that one. And then, um, and then, then apparently uh, they've developed uh, Mikel Antonio and Jared Bowen eat a bowl of spaghetti and meatballs without using cutlery. They eat the whole meal until they find that they're both sitting at the same <laughs> strand of spaghetti. Uh, Mikhail looks away coyly as Jared Bowen pushes a final meatball towards him with his nose. Excellent, that's excellent, that, yeah. excellent. I thought of one where they could, um, a celebration where he could recycle the cutout. The, the, yes. The, the oh, yes, yes. Because what he could do, he's, he could quickly, he could conceal in his kit um, a, a naval officer's hat and he could run off, run on, and, and uh, to that the, the romantic tune, he could pick, a, uh, pick himself up and yes. carry in the manner of Deborah Winger and, and Richard Gere. I had the time of my gentleman. life, is that the song? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Or Up Where You Belong or something like that. Is, yeah. Is, yeah, oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I like the use of props. I think they should bring that in. Oh, definitely. They should have a big tank of water, which yeah. uh, they have at the, uh, at the end, at either end, so that uh, Antonio could dive into it and celebrate by raising his head slowly from the water in the manner of uh, Martin Sheen in, in Apocalypse, Apocalypse Now. now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then sort of look around. That would be the really horror. Good. The horror. <laughs> or, or they could have splurge guns, like the, yes. like the um, Bugsy Miller splurge guns. And uh, he could, at the end, he could uh, 
face the crowd and say hello to my little friend and just splurge yes, everyone. Yes, yes. They could sit down and pretend to have a meal and then uh, Michael and Antonio convulses and uh, Aaron Crestwell bursts out from his stomach. <laughs> that, that, was, that was actually going to be my one. Oh, <laughs> that was, that yes. was, I, the way I, I, uh, I had envisaged it, Phil, actually, was that uh, Antonio would lay down on, on the pitch, and obviously yes. we're recreating Alien here, and then Jesse Lingard would emerge from his stomach, oh, and that yes. would be how they would announce the sign. Oh, that, that and would that, be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was uh, yeah. how I saw it. They should definitely do a coordinated, get get DJ Russell to play the chariots of farm music and all do a coordinated slow motion sprint to the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, uh, Dawson is doing that anyway. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's doing that anyway uh, in most of his games. Uh, so we have Crystal Palace at, at the weekend. Tragically, I can't go, uh, which I'm very annoyed about because uh, I'm very much enjoying watching them at the moment. Uh, three wins in a row would be amazing. And it feels like a good time to play Crystal Palace. But obviously the wheels have to come off <laughs> our season at some point <laughs> because we've really only just put the wheels on in the two games we played. But, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, they're really, they're, they are officially a work in progress at the moment, Crystal Palace, aren't they? Literally a work in progress. And uh, you'd hope for something, wouldn't you? Yeah, because on paper, it's of the first three games, it's the it's the easiest of the of the three games. But yeah. you know how the way kind of football works, and and we've been in following West Ham for too long not to know that something might just come and bite you on the ass. But you, it's I think you're right. I think it's not a bad time to to play them. They huffed and puffed against uh, Brentford. They got completely turned over at. Uh, at Chelsea so you've just got to trust that the consistency is a consistency in this team and I just think we'll have just have too much for them I, I think yeah yeah history does yeah. suggest that someone will score a world-class goal as well right I mean Crystal Palace you know if you look in recent years yes the goals that we've scored against them have been absolutely ridiculous in terms of how good they've been I mean Palace fans must hate playing us um, and they're also kind of an interesting case study, right? Because they bought a load of players, <laughs> got quite, you know, they sort of won in inverted commas, won the transfer window, right? I mean, they bought loads of young players that everybody yeah, thought was doing yeah. brilliantly. But it's kind of a, you know, to the point we were making earlier about Moyes liking a settled side, it's a pretty good example of how that stuff doesn't click. You know, you can buy a lot of yeah. players in one go, but they've looked abysmal so far, really. Um, so, yeah, I think we'll win. I think it might be sort of a 2 1, you know, close one. I don't think we'll, I think they'll, probably look to frustrate us given how well we played in the first couple of games. But. Yes, yeah. they'll sit back and make us break and hope to hit us on the break with Zahar and, and, and whatnot. So I think they'll be they'll be difficult to, to break down. Um, yeah. I'll go for a 2-0 win. 2-0 win. Yeah. Yes, I... Yeah, that's 2-0 two, two and 2-1. Two yeah. Um, yes. OK, well, I'll go 3-1. I'll go 3-1 to us. No, I'll go four-one. Let's have let's have four goals again. <laughs> again, four goals again, uh, and still top of the league. Because haven't Liverpool got Chelsea? Is it Liverpool Chelsea this weekend? Or am I right? I don't it know. No, it is Liverpool Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. very, you know, blimey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the next game is Southampton. Um, yeah. Although there's a big gap. Um, so you know, the next two games uh, out of our first six are, are nominally the, the the most winnable. Winnable. So. Yeah, you know, who knows? Who knows where we might be? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. 
Well, uh, very exciting. Um, but that's uh, time to wrap it up. Uh, so this has been Stop Hammer Time. My name is Phil Whelans. With me have been Jim Grant. Cheerio. And James Cairns. Good night. Come on, you irons. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.